0: IVM Hello and welcome to another episode of IVM Likes. Uh, today I'm in the studio with Naveen and Abbas. Say hi, guys.
1: Hi. Hi.
2: I'm rather excited today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's nice, dude. That's yes, nice. Yes. Today we're going to sit around and do uh, uh, what we do usually just talk <laughs> about pop culture stuff that we enjoy and sometimes we really hate. Indeed. So, first up, uh, we're going to do a round of recommendations. Abbas is going to recommend a movie. Mm-hmm. Naveen's going to recommend a book. I'm going to recommend a podcast. So, who wants to start? Who wants to start? I'll go
2: first. I'll go first.
0: Alright, go. Alright,
2: so the book I'm recommending today is called Sex and the Citadel. Alright, it's written by Shirin El She's an Egyptian author who now lives in America. But, uh the essential uh, guideline of the book is like you know if you want to learn about the people of any country you have to first look into the bedrooms right okay. so they look at sex from the perspective of Egyptians and how it was once the coolest thing you know it was much more evolved and open in that hmm. regard like how it was in India also right hmm. the sutra was written when we were not even like born so Everything was much easier in the older times, and now because of like you know a lot of archaic laws being put yeah. into practice and mindset changing, how it is today and how like uh, homosexuality is looked at in Egypt, how women are treated in in Egypt, because everything boils down to sex, right? Mm. Uh, how they feel about anal sex, how they feel about uh, orgasms and everything. So it's a very in-depth look at how sexual behavior is uh, perceived in Egypt, and it's got very insightful look into like.
0: But it's looking at current state. Yeah, the like current how state. how it's evolved over yeah, time. Yeah, and it'll come worse, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah like it But does. they also
2: like take a look at what was in the past and mm. they look at some people who are trying to be renegades in that regard. Mm. Like they talk about this woman who's trying to like tell people about being more powerful. Like for example, women can be on top, you know. Mm. And that they don't look at like a good thing. So a lot of okay. people are kind of praying for her blood. But then she's also t- telling that she's a very hardcore Islamic yeah. person. She's like, yeah, I believe in Allah and everything. Right. But this is what my thoughts are. So like this clash of... Uh, thoughts and everything Hmm. so it's very intense Joshua gave me this book Hmm. this book actually and Joshua will be there in the second part of this episode yes Yes. yeah so uh, I think it's good to always uh, look at sex from a very stronger perspective than just like you know it's per se. Yeah. so she goes she talks to people people are going to get married soon mm. people are actually spending cross and cross of rupees just to get hooked but for them it's all about like this one encounter how yeah. Egyptian men are now dealing with infertility and what are the causes and everything so it's pretty nice to like you know yeah. kind of get that kind of uh, idea and
0: all of it is culturally based yeah. right? how it yeah. changed for the people who are uh, right now to getting married or thinking yeah. about this yeah. in a very different way from so the trickle down effect of it yeah. all together oh wow
1: that's very interesting Yeah, it's very fair
2: also but it's a good read altogether. together
1: <laughs> 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 so is this like only people of Egypt who are uh, Examined, I, I then who are t- the the,
2: the entire uh, Arab world in general, okay. like because Egypt is like epicenter of it all. Hmm. But they look at Arab culture and how it was like because obviously it changed the dynamics of the geography of Egypt. Yeah. Also has Connect. evolved over so mm. much Connect. time. So they look into it in terms of uh, she interviews people. She hmm. goes to people who are selling all these medicines. Hmm. Some people are selling ointments to give you a better boner and hmm. all yeah. that. Hmm. You know, like and people are buying it desperately right. and all that. So hmm. like it's a good way to understand how the Arab world kind of like screwed themselves in the bargain of trying to be uh, very
0: themselves, nice. yeah,
2: <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the whole process you know so it's I think uh, it's not for everybody hmm. that book can be a little uh, it took me also like three months to actually finish the whole thing Okay. but now that I've finished it I'm actually like really happy to I read that book do you
0: mean because it's super open it, about uh, stuff or because it's heavy in okay. terms of like
2: also taking in information it can be right. a little heavy you know In right. terms, of, but then you when you finish it you'll realize why it's important hmm. to have this conversation hmm. Wow. And so, it's a context that can be explored beyond the Arab world. The Arab world, world of
0: course, yeah. Yeah. of course, it applies did it, change,
1: uh, did it change? your uh, outlook or opinion about how you see people in the Middle East? Yeah, def- before yeah. and after. Definitely, because see,
2: uh, what I, for me, for I was, I was looking at the homosexuality angle a lot, hmm. and it was like how chill they were before, and how hmm. it was okay, and you yeah. know, uh, now it is so rigorous, and like how it's kind of become, yeah. and that's what like it's not the subculture or the or the geography that caused it, because people became. Like, that over time and hmm. became became like a yeah. big deal so I think that is what we should examine always yeah. in a conversation
0: I also feel like most of the time I always think that if there could be a time and moment you could just trace this back to where suddenly everybody went the other like the switch turned and everything yeah. turns the other way but it never is because yeah. it's a, so many changing yeah, it, factors, exactly. politically, culturally, it's a very slow economics, yeah, you never know yeah, what, yeah,
2: what, what yeah. changes. That's very so, interesting. Yeah, so politics, religious aspects, everything they cover from every angle.
1: And what's okay. the earliest time period that she starts She goes all the
2: way back to like, Muhammad's time, hmm. dude. Like, she, oh, she talks okay. about how Prophet Muhammad was like, if a guy is looking at a girl in the wrong way, then he asked the guy to turn his head, not the hmm. girl right. to cover hmm. her face. Right. And how today it's like, you how have to cover it. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. That kind of, you know. Wow, look that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Sex,
0: Sex and the, the Citadel. Citadel Yes By <laughs>
1: Shirin El <Elfake>. Feki. <laughs> awesome Alright All right, Abbas yeah. Yes I am gonna recommend A film uh, Very different from Sex and the Citadel <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's called American Splendor hmm. uh, It's from 2003 uh, It stars Paul Giamatti um, Nice The film is based On the life Of a cartoonist Called Harvey Pekar hmm. Who wrote uh, A series of comic strips From 1976 to 2008 Called American Splendor oh, okay So, it's part biographical, Hmm. part adaptation of his comic strips. And uh, why I love this film is like, so we all know how in the Marvel movies, like, Stanley makes an appearance. So, generally, it's a custom that whoever the creator of an adaptation, Hmm. they make like a cameo appearance somewhere. Hmm. So, in this film... Paul Giamatti plays Harvey Picker right. But the real Harvey Picker is also in the movie ah. Playing himself oh, okay. And from time to time he comes uh, You know he breaks the fourth wall Comes Kind of comments on how Paul Giamatti Just played a scene that might have happened In his real life That's hilarious. And sort of moves on And at, from time to time his wife and daughter also appear Because they are also characters in yeah. the film So it's a very like It all melts from comic strip To film to fiction to mm-hmm. real life There's this seamless transition happening so
0: weird to have somebody play out the moments of your life exactly and watch it yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: so uh, there's one particular scene so Harvey Picard the crux of the entire Mm -hmm. movie is unlike other biographies or autobiographical films of creative people where they kind of sweet saccharine films this Mm -hmm. this is not it basically goes down to the point where how torturous an artist's life can be especially Mm. one who was making an indie comic which was not Mm. for the masses Mm. he never made money out of his comic strip and just how torturous it became for Mm. him to keep Mm. this going Uh, so it's a hard film to watch I mean he had battles with depression and drugs and alcohol and all of that and his marriage was also in Mm. deep trouble at one Mm. point so all through his life he kept his day job as a clerk so in the movie there is this one uh, scene where it's a retirement party for Harvey Picard and it's actually the retirement party that took place in his office oh. and they filmed it and they got Paul Giamatti in so again it's this one seamless uh, transition of a scene where it's the real life real people he worked with and it's amazing to watch mm-hmm. um, uh, He's a very, Harvey Picard in real life mm-hmm. also is a very cynical pessimist guy got it. so the tone of the film is also like that like at mm-hmm. the end of this film it's not one of those where you will feel like so inspired that you want to yeah. Make art, yeah. but actually be prepared that if you're going to make art for a living, it's hmm. not going to be easy. It's right. gonna
0: it's be a, It's a warning film. It's yeah. A, an <laughs> film.
1: Yeah. And uh, at some point uh, in Harvey Pekar, like, he was also diagnosed with cancer. So hmm. it's also about his battle with cancer and also again how.
0: Sounds damn depressing.
1: <laughs> hmm. That's the thing, right? It sounds very depressing, but if you actually see the film, it's about how, despite all of this, he stood his ground. Right. But it's not romanticized.
0: Correct. Oh, that's uh, nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I get it. It's so, not like oh, he was still following his dream, even though he had a day t- day job. <laughs> you yeah, go home and then exactly. work on his art and yeah. cartoons. It was just it's tough yeah it's <laughs> tough it.
1: so uh, also a little bit of the movie deals about how he became at one point of, la- of time he became a regular guest on the david letterman show hmm. because letterman liked having him mm. and on one particular uh, one particular appearance he came and he just went berserk asking people what do you want why are you watching this uh, you know it's <laughs> yeah and this clip is on youtube oh, the very actual dude. <laughs> yeah this actual clip is on youtube but they play a fictionalized version of it on mm. uh, in the movie D-Mildan. yeah so paul giamatti He's given an extraordinary so performance So Letterman is playing
2: himself again obviously
1: So Letterman in the movie is not shown Okay But oh. they use stock footage Whatever they could For okay, the okay. previous For so like
2: Man on the Moon Have you watched that? Like there's a scene where Andy Kaufman hmm. had gone to Letterman Right 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 And oh, then they yeah. created an entire scene With Jim Carrey And it's very okay. beautiful And Jerry the King Lawler is also there oh. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah that clip is actually quite insane <laughs> Yeah But yeah American <laughs> Splendor a Great performance by Paul Giamatti Paul Giamatti, yeah. Giamatti's
2: there in that as well Man on the Moon Oh really?
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Wow <laughs> So, American Splendour is my recommendation for a movie. Awesome. Check Thanks,
0: it out. Okay, I'm going to recommend a, a podcast today. So, uh, this is a podcast I've been listening to for the last year and is now on a break and is coming out with a new season on May 29th. So, in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited about it. Hmm. It's a English podcast and a British podcast called uh, My Dad Wrote a Porno. Okay. I don't know if you've heard it. It is <laughs> yeah, 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 spectacular. Yeah, yeah. So basically the story goes that there's this guy, Jamie Norton, and he found out once that his dad wrote a self-published actually, an erotica mm-hmm. called Belinda Blinks. Okay. His dad goes by the pseudonym uh, Rocky Flintstone in these books. <laughs> so he decided that, you know, I know this information, I have this information now that my dad wrote an erotic novel. What am I going to mm-hmm. do with it? Mm-hmm. So he decided that you know I'm gonna read every chapter with my friends and let them just rip this to shreds. That's fine. So he uh, every episode is basically a chapter he's reading out to his friends uh, Alice Levine and James Cooper, and they it's literally like him the awkwardness of what he's reading <laughs> and that the fact that his dad wrote it yeah. and his friends are just like completely yeah losing it. They're completely ripping him apart. They're like this is your father. <laughs> this is your father. Can you imagine he wrote this? Um, unfortunately Actually fortunately I guess Belinda Blink Is the most unerotic erotic <laughs> novel Of all time It falls in the category Of sex and business
1: Oh okay She works
0: in the Pots and pans industry wow. And uh, her way so to the top Is to literally sleep With everybody, everybody. <laughs> Gender doesn't matter Nothing matters So she's And it's always like you know, she's flying to um, uh, Italy for a meeting, like in the pots and pans industry, <laughs> and just like going to like fancy-ass meetings and then sleeping with everybody. Uh, and is one of the most um, non-interesting person I, I have ever heard of as a character because literally every time a guy does something, like makes a pass at her or like takes off his shirt and shows her his penis, he, she... Mm you know, blinks, <laughs> <Melinda> blinks <laughs> <laughs> and what's really bad is that Rocky Flintstone's idea of what erotica is so messed up because there are multiple places where he'll describe the girl's boobs like as pomegranates or okay. her vaginal lids popped and there's no <laughs> such thing as vaginal lids I wouldn't <laughs> or know. Hmm. Uh, she broke her ankle because um, she slipped in a pool of semen and I'm like that uh, doesn't happen. Uh. Uh, because it's so awkward and it's kind of cringeworthy It's just spectacularly funny uh, It's like if you were reading really horrible comedy with your friends And they would make fun of it yeah. It's that um, But so earlier they were doing one episode a week And people were like getting, uh, you know <laughs>
3: Hooked get, yeah. yeah, like
0: get us some more Belinda Blinks So yeah. they started doing footnotes uh, every other okay. week Which is basically they had a lot of celebrities who listen to the show Come on and talk about who I imagined this as Uh, Who my favorite character Like Thomas Middleditch is on it Michael Sheen comes on Thomas Middleditch has like Voices that he's imagined For all of this cast (laughs) Like you know Oh the guy with the micro penis I'm sure he sounds this way It's insane Uh, And they record in each other's house They don't even record in the studio Because they wanted to feel Like I'm I'm hanging with my friends And I'm doing something funny So they'll Um, hang in like a friend one of their houses and eat a meal and then obviously definitely assuming some alcohol and then that's when they start reading so
2: how long is the erotica?
0: 20 minutes one chapter a day a week
2: but then the published stuff that he had
0: oh it's uh, I think the first book was about 15 chapters then he has second book called Belinda Blink Chew why shiplinks
2: didn't he yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Belinda Blinks Blinks again
0: (laughs) again. <laughs> and then there's a third version that he's written that's coming out now. Okay, uh, so uh, is still writing. He's yeah. still writing and publishing. He thinks it's doing spectacularly well because people are now going to Amazon exactly, because yeah. the podcast <laughs> is buying it. <laughs> so he's very happy. Yeah. Uh, he does know, of course, that his son is doing it. Yeah. Um, and he thinks that this is great. He thinks the fans are legit fans yeah. instead of ironic <laughs> fans
1: of. <laughs> yeah. In the in the typical dad way, he thinks his son is actually promoting, promoting his yeah, book. Yeah. It's
0: uh, quite sweet, guys. <laughs> uh, but all these
2: pots and pans are they non-stick.
0: They're oh. mostly Nasdaq. Okay. Sometimes she gets really big orders, hmm. uh, but she's not sure how she'll fulfill it. <laughs> and if they have the resources, so instead she just sleeps with them. You know, because it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and some of the descriptions are just like, you have to listen to it. It is so funny. I've laughed like s- <laughs> all through cab rides and just like at weird erotic stuff in your ear and it's just not erotic at all it's just really funny hmm. it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno season 3 is out May 29th so you can catch up guys so
2: all, all podcast YouTube. apps will have these or? yes yes, it's okay. available everywhere
0: uh, I'm assuming there's going to be a language filter on iTunes hmm. to find it because it is while not really adult themed I mean not adult adult themed yeah. at least yeah. Um, but yeah, and every episode is only some 20 minutes because a chapter right. there's, like, there's a legit chapter where she just gets into a car And then gets off the car and that's it <laughs> But it's described yeah, because, yeah. you know, Rocky thinks he's a great writer yeah. He just like feels like this is how I'm setting the scene <laughs> uh, So it's quite it's quite fun You guys should definitely listen to it and catch up before the season right. comes out It's quite fun
2: Cool To, All more, right. to more cab rides good yeah. <laughs> cab
0: rides <laughs> Alright, so Naveen, you recommended Sex, Sex and, the and Citadel, Citadel yes, by, by Shirin El Awesome and I, Abbas. Feel,
1: I feel a left out because both of you gave like really erotic recommendations, <laughs> and my recommendation was like this torturous art guy. <laughs> I think it's a
2: repetition of a sex life. Yeah, that's yeah. the
0: point. Mine's just funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah. His is uh,
0: like really educational yeah, education. and
1: cultural. And yours <laughs> 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 <It was> depressing. <laughs> uh, my movie was called American Splendor.
0: Yeah, and I'm recommending my dad wrote a porno on the podcast. <laughs> All right. In the next segment, um, which is a brand new segment, we have guys. Yes. It's called
2: IVM um, fights.
0: Oh, I was going to call <laughs> it best off, but I like IVM fights. Let's yes, go with just that. Let's up with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to it after this short break. All right. Welcome to our new section, IVM fights. So today we have uh, Naveen and Josh. And the topic is Lord of the Rings books versus movies. That's right. Uh, Naveen is arguing in favor of the movies. And uh, Josh is going uh, the book side. Yes. So let's start opening arguments. Josh first.
3: Okay. So first thing has to be said that most people's intro to Lord of the Rings that I know was the first film. Most people saw the first film and then ran to get the book and read the second and third book. And that was exactly my experience as well. So when I picked up the book... When I first started reading it, it was such a different experience. But you still had those kind of character shapes in your head of what was cast in the film. But it kind of, like over-reading the book, those kind of things transformed because you introduced to new things, you were introduced to Shelob. All that stuff was as action-packed in the book as it was in the movie. And I had read those sequences before. So one thing is, in terms of just like pure visceral action, it's got it but in terms of language now this is where tolkien like really shines because his the whole mythos around um, lord of the rings is so extensive like he's written this Merillion and all these really complicated tomes but um, what's interesting is he writes um he's invented languages and on top of that he writes a lot of songs things that are in meter things that are in rhyme and a lot of like the culture of like the elves is like you hear it in song, you know, the kind of whole experience of their living is like through song, which feels very folksy in that sense. And that is something that you never got in the film. That kind of folksy feeling, you know, of like, OK, these people are living in the forest. This is actually their dwelling. They just seem like some kind of ethereal godlike creatures, which was great. Don't get me wrong. But it was nothing like how it was compared. Like They seemed more down to earth in the book just for that those simple elements that were there, that kind of authenticity. On top of that, there were whole sequences that were cut out or sort of reworked for the film. So, for example, Tom Bombadil, who is like a very famous character, who can wear the ring and nothing happens to him. He's like one of the most intriguing characters in the whole book. And he's not even there, not even suggested. It's like they probably feel like whatever. It was a long enough film anyway to include everything that's understandable. You have to cut out stuff like that. And it's precisely for reasons like that why the films are a lesser version of the books.
2: All right
0: Naveen Cool That's let's a lot of your... talking
3: from
2: Josh
0: <laughs> Let's hear your argument man I think
2: the reason why I hate the books Is the very reason you like spoke about all this while <laughs> In terms of it being like All language and this and that I'm like I See I understand world building okay mm. But uh, I have passed that time in my life Where I'll go and read something That is so intensive And I do not have that kind of inclination Now this is Again this is a very personal thing To say right now But in terms of like Books also You know like There are so many books out there Which have copied that Tolkien kind of world World building thing mm. And done better than that So I think Writing meter and Rhyme All that is Not the only thing That he ever did Like you know Like everybody else He invented
3: languages too
2: So that A lot of people did as well It's in Eragon as well It's in a lot of the Rings It's also. in It's in Game, Game of Thrones as well Exactly So like language building Is not something new Like mankind Since the dawn of time Has been doing it You know what I'm saying So in terms of What the movies offer Is just so much of like a world building Without having to like Invest so much in that You know what I'm saying So the point being that You know in terms of All the extensive stuff You have to read Along with the story mm. uh, That can just Take me away And that happened With the first book Is when I first Started reading it, And I'm like What the heck is happening mm. Because I could not invest myself In to the book so much maybe I'm not into heavy set books so in terms of that packaging the movies offer so much and uh, I also watched the mini series that they launched you know like in the 80s Mm. the animated one and that kind of stayed with me when I was a kid and then I watched the movies much later and then I went back to the book so Mm. in terms of what the world was to me it was already established so now I wanted to see the story in its true sense of like how dark and how mythical it was and that's where Peter Jackson brought the whole shebang you know so why would I ever go back to the books when I have that kind of visual story In place.
0: Okay. John, when you watched the movie the first time, Hmm. did you feel disappointed or did you feel like this is not the same thing but it's still good?
3: So. I thought it was a brilliant movie, man. Hmm. I loved it. That whole sequence of the Balrog and all, epic shit. <clears throat> but it And like I said, it, like in the books, it for me, it's as good. But the thing is, there's always this thing about, like, in everyone thinks that the book is always better than the film. So the rush to read the book was mainly to see, like, where it came mm-hmm. from before the films would taint my vision so much. Hmm. And I really think it was the best decision, man, because those books were, like... They're just not What you would expect
0: And I mean You're saying You didn't need That much world building You just wanted to Get to the action faster
2: Because see Legolas does bad shit And Mm. like For example Like he Is shooting people While skateboarding Down a staircase Like I mean Is that in the book? No I don't think That's how they would Intend to write it But then in terms of What the character does It's justified to me That he is this character Mm. Now they milked him Too much in the Hobbit series That is again (sighs) Yeah they are they are mistake ruined like a ruined last that like so I understand like the in, movies
3: ruined him
2: ruined him entirely Does ruined the,
0: did the casting make a difference of? because if you read the books first and you had an imagination of what the characters look like mm. and then when you ha- when you have real life people playing them in this mythical world did that make that get you out of the uh, you know the whole really, experience, I think Honestly
3: like his uh, The whole visual style Of the films Is really good hmm. But the thing is Legolas just ended up Being like a Rajnikanth character By the end of <laughs> The third film In
0: what ways so, In
3: what ways Like taking <laughs> yeah. down That big elephant Yeah and... that is bad ass Exactly So he's Rajnikanth He's, really. not, he's not like
2: <laughs> Shooting one arrow And becomes three arrows And kills the elephant Right He's legit like Using physics and stuff
3: Oh really <laughs> yeah, <laughs> On a not... real elephant <laughs> <laughs> Where ghosts are Fighting the army. Using real or you're just physics. like
2: Picking on the whole Mythos by Right you now. just
3: said real physics do you think it was real physics Yeah man? if you
2: if you uh, He's operating the same physics that like Rajnikanth
3: <laughs> uses No that's not how it works Come on man you can't this is not even a defensible point
2: <laughs> I will defend Lugula <laughs> that Sridevi That's how <he's>, much I
3: <laughs> love <laughs> All right so, so uh no, I mean,
0: did, when you read the books hmm. was it because it was too long and too much like too tedious Like do you read Game of Thrones books uh, Or just watch the TV
2: show So Game of Thrones Again is a much better Example of how you Improve on that kind Of world building skill You know mm. Like now I have Different perspectives Of the stories From different characters And there's like a World building In terms of How the character's World is mm. Instead of us being Told that this is this And they have this myth And they <laughs> are speaking This language That's
3: not how it's written That is a complete false Just don't that, listen To what Naveen is that saying That is how it is That is a lie is. He is currently <laughs> Propagating No So please don't believe you that. have to like. It is absolutely not written like that. It is like that. No, it's not. He doesn't say this is the myth. This is that. <laughs> no, because then he's telling one entire story in terms of
2: one entire
3: gross misrepresentation. <laughs>
2: You're just being like All rude right now
3: (laughs) (laughs) I do do want to talk about I do want to talk about One thing that puts me off now About the Lord of the Rings series And that's probably because The book or the movies You have to mention that The whole series man Mm -hmm. Is that Because Tolkien And I don't want to be Shaming Catholics out here But his whole (laughs) uh, Outlook is very Sort of Catholic And that reflects Very um,
0: Yeah yeah.
3: Like there's hardly any women That was the point I was coming to all the dark And the lights. What was that the
0: point You were coming to Or did he just bring up The point for you No
3: no I was going to say that at the end. He
0: just gave him some lies
3: arms. <laughs> Gross <laughs> misrepresentation. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I can also
2: use big heavy words like
3: that. Vaginal <laughs> cavity. But what these like I would say like the books are still better than the films, but hmm. then just across the kind of thematically, like there's a lot of things I would disagree so with. So if
0: you're now. recommending um somebody who's new to this uh, world completely mm. Are you telling would- them That you have to go For the book or the movie And what is your defense Like if For example me mm. I've not seen the movie Or the books That's not true I've mm. read and watched the movies I'm saying if I hadn't mm. Give me some defenses Of one over the other Let's start with Naveen now
2: Watch the 80s miniseries first <laughs> That's what I did
0: It was gonna give me more work
2: Yeah because then like You want to see the world Right then See that and then Go to the movies directly And then like You have the entire thing I enjoy this comparing Them only Like I know why I spend time Reading the book And comparing <laughs> that mm. when I can just have Two visual storytelling movies. Is it
0: because You watched the movie first
2: Yeah, yeah. So I that the makes the series. I, I watched the entire series Over one night And I watched it again So maybe that's movie.
0: what Made the difference right If yeah. you had read the book first Maybe you would Either be completely Uninterested in the Oh I know entirely. myself
3: I know myself So this is the, this is <laughs> the hard part know. like Because I think A lot of people they, Their jumping off point Was the first film so everybody Kind of started in, At least mine A lot no, of people I've spoken so w- with
2: What I was saying is Like at the mm-hmm. end of it I'm saying What I know about myself And a lot of my fellow friends Are like me only mm. Who do not have This kind of tenacity To read so much After a while You know what I'm saying right. It just comes down to Like you basically Reading certain stuff That has one kind of Arc and then moving on But
3: I'm not arguing Whether like If people don't want To read a book I can't force them to read them. Mm. Or they don't like To read books generally But mm. people who Would read a book Versus watching a film I would Some as, in, first. as
2: intensive as in all, The Rings case. Needs a lot of uh, Inclination towards Spending so much time In that world So what Because it's a big
3: book man Yeah
2: so my point at the end It's is three
3: th- films Even <laughs> if you had to Watch the films It would be take a long time So
2: yeah nine hours Of spending watching A series <laughs> that's of movies Nine long, whole hours That's man. a long
3: time So that's good
2: enough In terms of like Ninety hours Oh, reading the book
3: so your argument is time based now
0: though. yeah <laughs> instead of writing school. based or like text based is now yeah. I don't have that much time so I made all
2: my points and then i I'm want to rebut <laughs>
3: your one point about the skills that um, uh, Tolkien has employed like as much as in fantasy fiction they do employ these things and everyone does it differently that's a whole point they do it differently you're not saying like you can't you can't debunk that by saying everybody does it that's why it's not that no I'm great. not debunking I'm it I'm not saying it's unique man I'm not saying Tolkien is unique in this respect I'm saying the way he has built the world. He's used all these tools and he's done it well, man. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying.
2: Cool. Mm-hmm. That I can reveal
3: <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a defense against that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Unless your defense was uh, lots of people make movies What's the big deal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but no one will exactly. actually build it. No one will actually lots build of uh, write Hobbit. Jokes. Hobbit built in deal? New Zealand <laughs> <laughs> and shoot over What's there. The and nobody else will cast Benedict Cumberbatch as a dragon ever.
3: Yeah, Hobbit oh my god That's another debate altogether.
2: <laughs> yeah Next time On IBM Fights
0: <laughs> Alright So uh, we uh, Don't have a Conclusion Because uh, the books are good If you like reading And enjoy this kind of World building And the movies are good If you hate reading
3: <laughs> And like Legolas <laughs> Yeah if you've got Not enough time If you're living life In the fast lane And are not able to Yeah read that's books, true If
0: you have too many Things to do That was you Orlando
3: know. Bloom At his peak man Rajnikan peak man Yeah Yeah <laughs>
0: Right, if you guys have an opinion on Lord of the Rings, books versus movies, uh, let us know. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're IBM Podcasts and our website is IVMPodcast.com. Say hi, guys.
1: Hey, hey, it's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On All Things Policy, Ananya Desai and Rohan Pai discuss recurrent bans on fireworks during festive seasons in India and discuss possible solutions to tackle India's air pollution problem. On The Habit Coach podcast, Ashton Doctor welcomes Sahil Mehta, an esteemed mountaineer and author of the book Break Free. Sahil shares a transformative experience which became the catalyst for embracing discipline and fulfilment. The episode explores the profound impact of vulnerability on personal growth. Folks, if you like our shows, do spread the word. Tell your friends and don't forget to rate and review them wherever you're listening to them. Follow us on social media. We are IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You'll also find all our shows on YouTube at youtube.com slash IVM Podcasts. And finally, we would like to thank our sponsors this week. Omidyar Network India, Abbott, IDFC First Bank and Save Life Foundation. Thank you for making this possible.